0: back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast this will be the series preview for the biggest Golden Knights in Montreal Canadiens which is the uh semi-finals or conference finals or Clarence semi-finals baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> or uh Clarence Campbell trophy <laughs> finalists yeah um whatever you want to call it this is the second last series before the cup and yeah you know Let's just go on first glance before we go into the stats. Yeah, like, how are
1: you feeling going to this?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, on, on first look, you're looking at a team that... Finished second in the league. Yeah, finished okay. second in the league, a very strong team since they've entered the league, been a very competitive team, versus what we can definitely call, like, a Cinderella story with the Canadians, even if, you know, from the beginning of the year, we knew they were a strong team, just, like, looking at where where they've come, how they finished in their division, this is definitely, like, a like I said Cinderella story that's kind of the initial feeling I don't know if you feel differently
1: no I feel the same way I don't think many people had us going as far I think um looking back at the season um you know I don't think we gave the Canadian schedule you know its, its due process there I think that really hindered us and it made us more into a Cinderella story than I think we should have been I think realistically you know we should have come in um you know honestly first or second in the north and like that's where we had them coming into the series into the into the season but, you know, given that we had that week off with COVID and then we ended up playing something like 24, 25 games in like 40 days or something like that, we just completely tanked. Yeah, and, uh, and some bad injuries. Some bad injuries. I mean, at one point we were missing basically our entire top six. Well, that's it. And I mean, then, it's a
0: lot of things that people just don't take into account. They just kind of look at the overall record. Yeah, I,
1: I wouldn't, you know, I, I haven't looked into this, but I, I, I would not be surprised if we were probably one of the most injured teams this season. And like, yeah, it's absolutely. been it's been one of the, you know, it's been this way for a few years now, just at the age of our guys and you know some of our guys have recurring injuries like Weber, Gallagher and stuff like that but um, you know I I do see us as a Cinderella story Vegas is obviously a very very tough team mm-hmm. um, you know they're a lot like us but just to like an nth degree higher yeah. where you know they, they they do score by committee like yeah they have you know stars like Pat and Stone but they by no means carry the team I mean they, you know they score you know all four lines these guys and That's it. you know I'm always looking at the you know since we knew we were going to play Colorado or Vegas. You know, I was following those games, and every time I looked at the score, it was like first goal, second goal, third goal, second goal. You know, I mean, like it yeah. wasn't like the same guy like you see in like Boston, where it's like Marshall, That's Pasternak, it. Bergeron, Hall, Pasternak, Krejci. You know, yeah, like,
0: and when we when we go into a deep dive on their points too, it comes, it becomes even more
1: apparent. Yeah, but I, in general though, I'm I'm feeling good just because I know once the Habs get on this momentum, that you know we're a very very tough team to beat, and I think. Um, you know, going into round one and round two, there are going to be lulls just because, you know, like, round one, round two, you know, you're still talking about, you know, quite a few teams left, that you know, it's, probability-wise, it, it doesn't look great, obviously, but as you get into, like, the final four teams, I don't think we're going to have those games where we see the Canadians just stop skating for some reason, like, I think you know every game close to the final yeah there's no point yeah we're so close to the end that I I think every game we see the Habs are going to be kind of firing on all cylinders and playing like that Habs hockey that like we know they're going to win when we see but sometimes we don't see it like you know the first few games in Toronto like I don't know what the hell happened there like we just stopped skating and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you know we pick it up and then it's like holy crap we're one of the best teams in the league but when we're not playing like we're real bad well, that, that's it for sure. And I think the other thing just to take into
0: account as well is if you look at the teams that Montreal played and the teams that Vegas played, you know, very similar in terms of uh, matchups. So Vegas finished, uh, like you said, second, also in their division. Second, we were fourth. Both of these teams knocked out the best team in their division. We knocked out Toronto and they knocked out Colorado. And both of these teams knocked out the uh, number three. They knocked out Minnesota, and we knocked out Winnipeg. Now, they were coming with a home advantage. We're coming from uh, a disadvantage. So you you take what you will from that. I think it's important just to know that we played, um, you know, within a division, the same caliber of teams. It's a little different just because, yeah, like you said, Vegas finished second in the league, and Colorado finished first in the league. And so they were second in their division. However, it's still, you play a one and a three each. Yeah. Like, nobody played different levels,
1: basically. Um, And even just, like, like physio, uh, like, morphologically speaking, like, our teams are built very similarly. It's just Vegas leans a lot heavier and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, slower in certain aspects. uh, Definitely slower overall, you know, maybe because of the size difference. But, you know, they definitely have mobile guys. But, you know, like... Where we have Weber, they have Petrangelo, you know, and like, exactly. It, it just very similar guys, even in the in the top six, all the way up to top nine, I'd say. And then, um, you know, I think we beat them a little bit on depth. I think realistically, if we're going to take this series, it's going to have to be another, um, you know, our top six cancels out their top six, and then our bottom six kind of makes them makes them work for it because, uh, you know, I it, it's gonna be hard to imagine that. Um, you know, our top six, like, kind of fleecing their top six. I, I, I realistically think that I was going to have to play a shutdown role again. And then, you know, Perry and Armia and Stahl and, you know, Kockyiemi and, and hopefully Anderson, like, they really are going to have to pick up the slack because, like, r- realistically, we're going to beat them in lines three and four. We're not going to beat them in lines one and two. Very similarly to, to Winnipeg, we just didn't see that really pan out because of the yeah. and And, and
0: Toronto as well.
1: And Toronto is an even better
0: yeah. example, yeah. Um, you know, just like you had mentioned, just because I, I like giving out the exact numbers, but um, the average height in Vegas is 6'2", our average height is 6'1". Uh, their average weight is about 202, and ours is 193, so a big almost 10-pound yeah. difference there. And in terms of age, we're about a 27 to 28 years old. They're 26 to 27 years old, so it's, yeah. it's close enough, but those little things matter. Now... They have um, a few
1: guys, though, that really pull up Yeah, their I was going like, to
0: say, like, Ryan
1: Reeves. Like, Ryan Reeves really pulls up their average. To be fair, they do have a lot of guys in that 200 to 210 range. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I feel like we have more guys above 210. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah. I think we have a lot of guys, like, you know, like, lekin and all these guys, Byron, that are, like, way, like, below 180, and they yeah. really pull us down. And then they have a few guys. Most of our guys are in that 195 to 205 range. But then we, for some reason, have, like, you know, basically – our top four defensemen are all two twenty. Yeah plus. and then we have
0: Cole Caulfield, like you said. Like exactly. But
1: it, it definitely pulls yeah, it down. I guess Vegas, get that. yeah, Vegas I think like they have much more many more guys in that like two hundred to two ten yeah, range. I and just then, like,
0: don't know if it takes the goalies into account. And if it does, it does Leonard yeah. skews that like crazy because yeah, yeah, he's, he's just, huge.
1: Exactly. He's, yeah. you know, he's kind of fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then again, like, you know, uh Flurry brings it down. So oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He's like one ninety or something. Something like so. that. But
0: uh, yeah, just so as, as is standard, we have a lot of uh, statistics on the board. So uh, we should run through them. This is going to just break down between like team stats and player stats and goalie stats. So we'll start with the, the team stats here. So for the playoffs, we're, we're changing up this round because there's no season to compare it to. So um, the Habs are currently 8-3 and three, uh, in the playoffs. They're on a seven-game win streak, right, um, versus Vegas, which are 8-5. and five on a four-game win streak. Um, You know, it doesn't say too much, but it is important to note Vegas has still played more games and will be coming off of less rest, slightly, but still significant. Um, In terms of goals for... uh, Montreal has 28 goals for... That's about two and a half goals per game. Yeah, really...
1: That's, again, really skewed from those early games in Toronto where, like, we just for some reason, just completely forgot how to play hockey and we just weren't playing the game. We had, like, given up by game three. Right. Uh, And I think in those four games, we had four goals. Yeah, well, that's it.
0: And again, so Vegas has 40 goals for... with an average of just over three goals per game. So we're looking at a big enough discrepancy in goals per game. Like you said, there's a skew at the beginning, but at the same time, it is what it is. We scored 28 goals in those 11 games. Um, Goals against... So, yeah, sorry, speaking of that, goals for obviously then leans towards Vegas. Um, goals against, the Habs have given up 24 goals, which is an average of about 2.2 goals per game, and Vegas has given up 31, which is close to about 2.4 goals per game. So, goals against uh, leans in the Canadians' favor. So, basically, the Canadians have a better defense, and Vegas has a yeah. better offense. Which is
1: obvious. Yeah, yeah, you look at the teams, and that's pretty apparent. I mean, yeah, like our defensive core... Is underrated. Is underrated. Uh, one of the best in the league, I'd say. With Petrie healthy, yes. Without Petrie healthy, like we have a massive kink in the armor there, and like yeah. I, uh, you know, that's a that's a chunk in like our in our breastplate that is gonna like be exposed if that's yeah. gonna be a, a series long thing. I I really hope they're not kind of, you know buttering the wound a little bit and like saying Petrie's traveling and he won't play for the two games there's yeah. like moral support yeah like, I, I think he's because even be... if they were injured I, I I can't see a guy wanting to stay home and not travel well Cambridge.
0: that that's it he he's going to be a game time decision as of this moment that I know of. I know they're uncertain and it's unlikely he plays the first game but again he's going to be a game time decision he skated today actually and said like it was you know bothering him but it wasn't like it was restricting him, so I think what's gonna happen is every night they're just gonna basically meet with him, meet with the doctors, and see what they say. I think like that's the best way they're gonna approach this. Same thing goes for Evans and uh, there was Merrill. and John Merrill as well, but I mean Merrill hasn't played yet, so
1: yeah. if anything, he's just there John's to played. he's played. Yeah, Merrill's played. I think. Oh God. Yeah, I think mean, he played in. He played in a better, most part of Toronto. I don't. know. Yeah. he played with Kulak. But oh, I thought was, like, okay. I thought that was good. He was pretty he much un- unnoticeable. Yeah. Player.
0: So anyway, go go I'll on, double check that, either true. way, even if he did, like it's it's not like a be all end all. He's a bottom pair guy. Um, okay. So now going into special teams, this could really be the difference this series. I don't think people realize um, Montreal's power play was in the playoffs is eighteen point eight percent successful, um, with a fifteen point six percent net power play percentage. So I just want to explain net power play and net penalty kill for those who don't know. It's an advanced stat that basically calculates um, the success of the power play and it takes into account if they give up a shorthand goal or not amongst like tiny other little differences but that's basically what it is. It's your power play minus how many power play goals you give up and obviously net penalty kill is the opposite. It's how many do you kill minus how many do you get a goal. So Montreal's power play percentage is 18.8 but they have a net power play percentage of 15.6 now obviously that three percent decrease seems like oh you know they're they're not defensively sound on the penalty kill however that's still better than Vegas' 14.3 percent power play in the playoffs yeah and net is still 14.3 they haven't given up a shorthanded goal however they can't seem to like they're they're not scoring on the penalty kill
1: yeah, On um, the power play. Which is strange because, like, you, you look at their power play and, like, they they really move the puck well. Yeah. Um, but, no, it to be seen what happens. I mean, we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the end now. So, Vegas on the penalty kill is 71.4% uh, successful with a 75% net. So, you know, they score a little bit on the penalty kill. But the real big stat – sorry, just going back to it. So, Montreal has the advantage – in terms of percentage for the power play, which is we're not used to seeing, yeah. um, and now lastly, Montreal's a ninety point three penalty kill. Um, they're a hundred and three point two percent net. So our power, our penalty kill is so effective, and we get so many shorthanded goals that we're actually outscoring our opponents when we when we're on the power play. That's insane. And when we're on when they are on the power play, so it's actually an offensive advantage to us to be
1: in the <laughs> that, box. That sums us up pretty well. <laughs> but
0: honestly, and that that's crazy to me. So obviously the advantage in both special teams goes to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Both power play and penalty kill, both like general and net. Like, yeah. it's just completely So special teams Montreal. were,
1: yeah, special teams for once were looking good. And it could really dictate the series. Yeah. So if this is going to be, you know, I, I we didn't see much aggression in, in round one and round two. I mean, In the West, definitely, that's one thing that we're going to have to really prepare ourselves for is the West has been an absolutely brutal playoffs, like just a lot of hitting, Yeah, you know, a a lot of... know scrums in front of the net and like we really haven't had anything i mean like we the, we haven't like we haven't had any big hitting games we haven't had yeah the, like, scrums in front of the net, like a few scrums in front of the net but nothing crazy yeah and
0: right? the one nice thing is that winnipeg is built for the west mm-hmm. so at least we we kind of have an idea because they are a western team it's yeah. just with this year's division just there yeah it's just but they're are very, are very docile after the mark shifley yeah years. they're a very
1: off all series there's something going on there but yeah, yeah just to um Uh, Reiterate what we said that John Merrill played up until Game Seven of Toronto. Okay, wow. So yeah, that's when Gustafson jumped. That's how you.
0: uh, That's how you really prove that you're a stay-at-home defenseman. (laughs) I forgot he played. Yeah, it's just. I mean, in
1: that series too, that was when we were playing those top four, like basically the entire. they were playing like six minutes. Well, there you go. So, I I expect that to be kind of the norm. uh, If Peach went well, even now, I mean, it's just going to be Kulak instead. But, um, you know, I saw it even in practice today. They were doing a lot of
0: uh, battles in front of the net, net, which
1: is you Know that's a strength we have, and that's where we get on, probably like you know, just go off the top of my head, probably around 90% of our goals. Yeah, so like we we got to really, and now we prevent probably about 90% yeah, is we so, just
0: like carry to see everything. Yeah,
1: we got to really lean into that because uh, uh and, and you know, with a Vegas team who at least in their top six you know, scores by by shooting, not from digging in front of the net with mm-hmm. patch and stone. You know, Denno's going to be huge, just like against Marner and Matthews. Yeah. Very, very similar style of play. I mean, well,
0: like, that's, that's it. They're you know, just...
1: Marner, Marner, you know, really good point guy. A little different from Stone, obviously. Like, there's all these differences. But both very defensively uh, sound wingers. Yeah. And, and and Matthews, both really, you know... Decent skaters, but definitely not what they're Cold known scores. for. Yeah. but just wicked shots on both of them, and really not defensively responsible. Even though Matthews has this padded stat, that's basically just carried by Marner. Everyone agrees on that. Yeah, but, um, you know, very similar in those ways, except um, you know now you also have a a centerman there with Stevenson who's just like having a career year and... yeah
0: he's also one of, he's very similar in that sense we'll to see that his face he's in he's just an additional piece that works well on that line you know he's like a two-way guy who can kind of just do he's a little bit of a swiss army knife on that line where it's like if they need a playmaker they have a playmaker if they need a two-way forward they have a
1: two-way forward if they need like a
0: goal scorer he can score yeah kind of like jack of all trades master and none type
1: yeah so he's the good news is is that he's basically deno's size like almost pound yeah. for pound and inch for inch um and his face-offs are 50 percent on the nose so deno mm-hmm. really has him there so yeah. that shouldn't be too much of an issue but the key piece with stevenson on that team is that it pushes william carlson down which gives them that you know center depth at well, least that's the top it. and six.
0: carlson marcia so, and riley have been together since vegas was mm-hmm. created and they just have some good chemistry yeah. so that that's a line that almost worries me more yeah But either way, um, yeah, so what we did this time was now that there's been enough games played, uh, we have the top five scorers from each team. We have games played, goals, assists, points, and points per game. Um, As, I mean, the people listening can't see, but Rob, you can see um, there's a three way tie at the bottom position for Vegas. So we're actually going to have six players for Vegas and five for Montreal. Which speaks to their strength. Exactly. Like
1: they have, you know, they really have a committee kind of going on here. Well, that's it. You know, reminds, reminds me of us, but yeah. Yeah. let's jump so, into stats.
0: Yeah, we'll start with Montreal. So, um, leading our points, uh, our points per game is Tyler Toffoli. He's got uh, four goals and six assists for 10 points in 11 games. That's about 0.91 points per game. Um, second on the team is Suzuki with eight points in 11 games, four goals, four assists. So, that's about 0.73, which is very similar to his season stats. Um... Then we have Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl has one goal and six assists for seven points in 10 games. That's 0.7 points per game. Army has also got seven points in 11 games. He's played one more. So four goals, three assists for 0.64 points per game. And then Corey Perry with six points in 11 games, three goals, three assists, a little bit over half a point per game. So there's a couple things here. One, it's all forwards. Our defensemen aren't. They're even they our- playing a shutdown role. Definitely no. I'm saying it's a good thing that you know typically with Montreal you see a couple defensemen at the top of the list yeah, in production. Yeah, Petrie is our point Petrie a lot of the time, and it's, it's just nice to see five forwards. And the interesting thing to me is that you know Defoli and Suzuki play together, Stall Army, all play together. However, they're not all our top six guys. Yeah, you know the the rest of the team has you know between five or four and and one point or something like that but you know all these guys that you know counting it down by just total points it's 10 8 7 7 6 so you've got scoring really you know at the top and bottom of the lineup which is just nice to see overall um i'll jump right into vegas before we we so vegas is a bit of a not all over the place but um Pachareddy has seven games played. He's got four goals, four assists for eight points. That's a little bit over point a point per game. He's one point one four points per game, leading the team. Then you have William Carlson. Williams got eleven points in thirteen games. That's four goals, seven assists for zero point eight five. Got him by his first name now. Yeah, <laughs> um, you just don't want to confuse you with uh, Eric Carlson. <laughs> um, then you have Matthias Janmark, who's got seven points in 10 games, very similar to Eric Stahl, more of a depth guy who's having a really good playoff. Um, he was brought in from Dallas from last yeah, year. it's a good pick-up. It's, just, it's, a, it's one of those pickups like we did with Perry, where just like these are guys who show up in the playoffs, they're a bigger body that just knows their role. He's got three goals and four assists in seven games, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, 10 games, so like I said 0. 0.7. Um, our first defenseman on the board is Alex Petrangelo. He's got one goal and seven assists for eight points in 13 games. That's .62 points per game. He would be tied with Stone and Marcheseau. Stone has five goals and three assists in, thir- in 13 games, and Marcheseau has six goals and two assists in 13 games. So they all have .62. Now, like I said, you guys can't see this, but what Rob can see is I've circled on the board the team leaders in each stat. So, um, in terms of the halves, the goal leaders are a three-way tie between Toffoli, Suzuki, and Armia. I know Kotkaniemi is, as well, got four goals, but just because he doesn't have the points per game, yeah, he's on the list. But we have four guys who are leading the team in uh, goals per game with four. So, like I said, Toffoli, Suzuki, and Armia. In terms of assists, Toffoli and Stall are tied for the lead, and you know, by it's obvious to pull he's the point leader on the team with ten. Um, here's where it just gets a little interesting is Patretti's the points per game leader on the team, but he doesn't lead in point in goals or assists yeah, he's, because he's, he's, he's played worse. um and he's and he's played a lot less games, almost half. Um William Carlson is the points leader with eleven in thirteen games, and the assists leader, he's tied with Petrangelo. And then the goal leader is Marchuson. He's got six goals. No one else has six goals on the team, but you've got five from Stone, four from Patri, and four from Carlson. So, like you were saying before, there's a very big similarity where they're getting a lot of just middle-the-pack contributions from a lot of guys. Like there's five, you know, for Montreal on the board and six for Vegas. And I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 circles yeah. in, terms of point, in terms of leaders. So it's a lot of just okay. committee scoring yeah. and a lot of guys who are just showing up to play. So, yeah. um, you know, just reiterating, we have a defensive and special teams lead for Montreal, and then we have a lot of spread-out scoring for both teams. And so this, this kind of initial gut feeling that Vegas is going to run away with this is starting to diminish, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll take the goaltending, which yeah. is interesting too. Um, starting with uh, Vegas, we got obviously Mark Andre Fleury, who I think is basically consensus going to you know play the whole entire series. Yeah, they, especially they just after, lost. Uh, Frank yeah, and Leonard, especially after Robin Leonard's uh, showing against the Avalanche Yeah, why, one, why don't you but, give him his stats first? Yeah, so we, yeah, <laughs> Leonard's played only one game. Uh, obviously, they didn't win that game. Didn't give them much of a chance, but uh, he has a eight eleven save percentage and a seven oh three goals against average. <laughs> so. Yeah, not, nothing too impressive there. But then, you know, we have Marc-Andre Fleury with twelve games played. So you know, he's starting, uh, eight wins, uh 923 save percentage, and a 191 GAA. So, you know, Fleury continues to be, you know, a solid goaltender in the playoffs. Like, um, you know, he's always he's always reliable in the playoffs. Like he, you know, he he definitely has some lulls in some games. He seems to be he has a lot of that carry price where it's either like he's a he's a hell yes or a no kind of goalie where like he's either on or he's off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no real middle ground to flurry, but contrasting that with price. So with the Canadians, we've only played Carey price for all of our 11 games. Uh, out of the 11 games, obviously we have eight wins. Carey has a nine, three, five save percentage and a one nine, seven GAA. So Carey's just, you know, absolutely lighting it up. Um, you know, he's leading the playoffs in save percentage right now. And he's, you know, uh, in an advanced stat with with dangerous chance safe percentage, he's completely obliterated the entire board. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, I think it's safe to say we have the advantage on goaltending. I you know like the real you know I think the real um, challenge for Carey Price this postseason was the Hellebuck matchup. I mean like Hellebuck's uh, you know basically you know in in regular season Hellebuck blows Price and Flurry out of the water. think right? yeah. He's just a fantastic goalie. Uh, so if Price took that like very easily, I think this this should be okay. Obviously, way better to defense in front of Flurry, so I don't think it'll be quite as obvious as it was. But I, I think Carey will come through with those big saves again, just like he did against Toronto, where you know Jack Campbell played very well too. I mean, like we you know he he uh, kept our 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 goals against very very low. Yeah, he had better numbers than Carey. Yeah, he's incredible. So um, yeah, it's definitely still gonna be a goaltending matchup. But again, I think. You know, Carey Price is the, is the is the guy that you want, and I think that would be a fool's errand to not take him.
0: Yeah, I think similar to Michael Jordan and similar to Tom Brady and those guys, it's just you have a hard time betting against someone with yeah. just the the accolade of Carey Price. And if anyone in the league is going to be second to him, I would say it is Marc-Andre Fleury. This is the only other goal in the league who's been taken in the draft top five. I mean, Murray. Murray. Yeah. Fleury was a first overall pick. Um, probably the only guy genuinely that I think is worth making it comparable in the league right now. Very different play styles, whereas Carey Price is a very, like, um, positional positional goalie. goalie. Um, Fleury's an acrobat, basically. He's got, you know, I mean, way back in the Pittsburgh days when he'd be doing the splits every three seconds. And we all remember his, like, Stanley Cup winning, diving across against, um, Detroit. But I do still think, you know, Carey Price has the, like, the psychological advantage. Fleury's a very, like, showman, like, out-there yeah. type. And you can get under his skin faster. I, I think
1: th- we're also not the kind of team that you want an acrobatic goalie against yeah. just because we're not taking those shots. We're digging yeah. in front of the net. Like, he's not going to be able to acrobat us out. I mean, like, you know, look at Lekanen's last goal. I mean, that's just the one that, you know, just stands out to me where, you know, we, we just see three sticks, Dan O'Gallagher and Lekanen just batting at the puck. Till eventually Lekin like, connects and it goes in the net. It's like, there's no, like, acrobatics to that. But
0: that, that's what I was alluding to, basically. It's just, it's so not the right matchup for them. And this is... a good matchup
1: against a team like Toronto or a team like well, Tampa it. Bay, where, like, you're going to get those cross-crease passes to Stamkos or Matthews that are just going to be ringing top shelf. And if Flurry can, you know, split his way across the net and get those, then that's where he's going to be useful. And
0: that's it, right? I think one thing is, if you look at the goaltending that... Vegas has gone up against so far versus the goaltending Montreal has gone up against so far. Montreal has gone through Jack Campbell and Connor Hellebuck. Vegas has gone through was it Cam Talbot playing yeah. in Minnesota or was it Kakinen? I don't know if he got any goal right. any starts, but in I Miss think it was Talbot, all Talbot, yeah. who played very well. But the idea is like you got Ta- uh, Cam Talbot and Philip Grubauer. This is just not the same caliber of goaltending. So you know, whereas the Vegas offense has been kind of. You know, flying high the entire playoffs, they might hit a bit of a wall when it's like, oh, we actually have to go up against like a like, a, like an elite level goaltender. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't particularly call or like a top tier goalie I'd yeah. say he's above league average but I'd also say you know what he had a really good team in front of
1: yeah, him. Yeah he he had kind of like one of those Jordan Bennington years. Yeah and he team. always
0: has been like that you know yeah. he was he he ba- I mean the reason why he left Washington he's got huge was they, Yeah, and they and yeah. they chose Braden Holby over him because you know he was much younger I think holby was closer to 30 and he was closer to 20 and they just said like we don't want you yeah you know Colorado took him because then there's a goalie for the future but yeah. like He's just, he's not that next level that you need. He's not he, a hella yep. buck. He's not a Price.
1: He's not a flurry. He's not there for those clutch games, obviously. You look at that last game, he was like a 750 or something like that. Like, you don't want those goalies that, you know, in the big games kind of, you know, you have to coin flip. Whereas Carey Price, it's the, it's the complete opposite. It's a guarantee. If he plays play in, the well. NH, in the AHL, like... You know, he might let him four or five goals. Which he basically you know, which he did, did. He was like an 80. then all of a sudden you throw this guy in like the most important game of your life and he'll sh- get a shutout. Like the, What's it. And you know, as we approach the Stanley Cup, I get more and more faith that he's just going to be on because we're getting to territory that he's only been to like once before. And yeah. Like, I, well, he's never been there. Well, he got injured first game. Yeah. yeah. He. he so, well,
0: yeah, he know, exactly. He basically. played two
1: periods of that year,
0: there you go and I I, I talking you about the Stanley Cup mm. but okay I know he basically this is a point yeah this is almost like his second chance yeah and Carey Price has made a name for himself as the guy who like in he, he's just he's a winner you know yeah. so like if he
1: if he plays the third period of game one he'll have never been to that point yet yeah so like that's you know, once we get into uncharted territory, I think that's when Price is going to... That's has, Yeah, exactly. That's when I think he's going to really flip the switch. Like, holy crap, this yeah, like, I, might be Yeah, I don't
0: think people realize he hasn't
1: flipped the switch yet. Like, yeah. he's
0: been just doing his job so Like, he's much. like, let's
1: it's just get to the point where I need to really be on. And then, like, I'm going to really be on because, you know, we're getting into novelty mm-hmm. here. And I think that's where we're going to see our, especially our veterans that haven't won anything, really step up. Like I Say think Weber. Weber's going to play. Weber's never incredible. been to this point. Weber's right? never been to the semifinals, so... He's never played a conference final game, so uh, it's going to be huge for him. Um, I'm just excited to see like how these guys show up, and um, you know, again, like we're talking like a very, very potent offense we're against here. So the defense are going to have to stay really tight. I mean, like if all of a sudden. You know, God forbid, like a Charot goes out or something like that. Like, I don't want him to be fighting Ryan Reeves or anything. Yeah, I
0: also don't think Ryan Reeves will be playing. I don't much. think he. I don't think he against hasn't against, played much yet.
1: Yeah, I just don't think against a team as deep as Montreal, you can afford to have that guy out there. Like, well, that's it. you know, like you look at Montreal and you know, like yeah, our point, our, our goal leaders are Toffoli, but you know, he's scored as many goals as one of our fourth line players. Like, I mean, you know, we well, we're worth scoring across the board. Um,
0: he's played.
1: Three games against Colorado. Look how crazy that is. Um, Besides our first line... Yeah, our lines 2, 3, and 4 have a goal leader. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Well, that, that's it. It's like you have the same amount of goals coming from literally every line. Yeah, and you our, think
1: about line it. 1 is a shutdown line. Yeah. So it's like, you And know, like,
0: you you think... Yeah, it's, it, there you go. You have two guys scoring on I, that, that Suzuki line. Yeah. And yeah, Kotkin on the third, Army on the fourth. It's like yeah. they, they all have the same amount of goals.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, so I don't think you can afford to have a, a goon out there no. who basically brings nothing else to the and, game. And
0: looking at it, he played one, two, three, four, five. He played six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six games against Minnesota. His highest on time average uh, for the Ice was uh, 11 minutes and 40, yeah. 45 seconds. But then he's only played three games against Colorado, and they were all 10 or less minutes. Yeah. So his ice time is going down and down and down. Because, again, like, you can't waste a roster spot on a guy who the only thing he's going to do is get suspended.
1: Yeah, and again, like, I, I'm sure we're instructing our our, our our guys that would fight now, like Sherrod Edmondson, these guys. Like, you're not dropping the glove at this guy. Like, yeah. one, you'll lose, okay? He'll he'll beat anyone in the league in a fight. Yeah. And two, if you like injure yourself, you know with the Thinking minutes, the team, that's yeah, it. exactly. With the minutes these guys are playing, and the guys who will fight, you know, maybe besides Josh Anderson, are all defensemen uh, and are playing, you know, 20, 25 minutes over twenty, like twenty-five to twenty-five plus minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we lose a Ben Sharrat, like that's almost a forfeit. Well, mean, basically, like, see, yeah. You know, if we have to have, put a, a guy who's been playing, you know, six to ten minutes a game in that one in that one D position. Uh, I do not feel good about this team, so as long as you stay, as long as you keep the gloves on, don't fight this, these guys, um, you know, we'll be good, because we won't have any of those injuries that, you know, you can't play with a broken hand, Well, right? exactly. And so it's... Uh,
0: I'm, I'm looking just out of curiosity here to see, but now the score app doesn't have uh,
1: the updated
0: playoff numbers, they only have the regular season, but yeah, honestly, like, I, this, this was my thing. The reason I wanted to start the podcast with basically, like, which team got feeling everyone goes Vegas. Because, mm. they, they, you know, they see the standing. They know, like, there's a little bit more, like, of uh, a winning habit in Vegas this year and, like, the past few years. But then you start looking at stats, and it, it definitely casts doubt. But overall, it's like, you know, you've got the defensive side favors statistically Montreal. The power play Montreal, the penalty kill Montreal, the goaltending Montreal, the scoring I would argue breaks even. Mm-hmm. You could maybe give it to uh Vegas. So what what this comes down to is if Vegas doesn't score five on five, they'll lose the series. Yeah. And if that's what you're banking on, like, you know, you're going up against a team with guys like you said, Deno, and Byron, uh, to Foley even to mm-hmm. a certain degree, Army, and Stalin, Perry, you'll never get the puck. Yeah. Like you know, Perry almost single-handedly buried Vegas last year. Yeah. This is not like again. This is not a good matchup for them, and I I think just like yet again, people are are discounting the Canadians before the series starts. Like by all means.
1: Yeah. By no, all means. Seriously. Another thing too is you know the, I think the amount of rest we got was just about perfect. Like I yeah. I didn't want this to go to Game Seven where you know like I I think the whole league kind of learned about the Winnipeg situation like how much rust these guys came in with. And you know a lot of that was due to the fact that they swept in round one, and, and you know like we obviously brought up to game seven, so like that was like you know, the longest Express.
0: possible. Yeah. yeah,
1: but you know I think so. I, I I don't think we would start having practices with no contact, like you saw from today, like we've been yeah. keeping the contact up. But again, like I still think there is a non tangible there of like playing that kind of hockey. And I don't want them taking a you know week or you know ten days off between the series. Um, even if we have injured guys, I think, like, you really have to keep the momentum going, and that momentum's huge, I mean, like, you, you, you can ride that momentum all the way to the cup final, I mean, absolutely. You, like look at a seven-game win, I mean, like, we're, you know, we're, we're injured, we're battered, we're, we're, we just keep rolling through. And I,
0: I absolutely, like, from the, from the, like, journalist-slash-fang side of it, I absolutely love this matchup. Yeah. Think about this, this is the oldest team versus the youngest yeah. team in the league, this is, like, you know, really proving who won the Max patch ready for Suzuki deal. And I just say Suzuki because, yeah. like, that was the big piece. Um, you know, you've got... There's so much. You've got the battle of the French... Uh, not the French camp, but the, the battle of the Canadian goaltenders. Because in the Tampa and New York series, it's battle of the Russian goaltenders. Mm-hmm. It's just there's so many little things that you can kind of point out that so, just... Yeah,
1: going into our... Going into the, into the actual, like play of the series like i think we both have montreal winning right i yeah, don't well, want to predict we're not gonna make predictions i'm not gonna say games played or anything like that yeah. but i just want to know in your opinion if montreal wins how do they win if montreal wins and who do you need to play like more than they have been in, in, in okay so one, like we so. kind of did last time yeah.
0: so, um first yeah i'll answer first yes i do think montreal has has a very good chance at winning this whether people want to admit to it or not I think the way Montreal wins is um really winning the 5 on 5 battles because the the special teams are not I'm not going to say they're not going to be an issue but they're just the the team is built better for special teams. Clearly Vegas has a special teams issue. You know, we're talking like a 71% penalty kill versus an, a 90% penalty kill and like you know, even like I said, taking net into account, Montreal breaks the hundred percent barrier. Yeah. So it's I'm really not worried about that. Um, for me, if Montreal wins those five on five matchups, especially early on, and gets kind of a, you know, not not a step on Vegas, but if if Montreal can go into Vegas like we said with Winnipeg and take that first game or even the second game, mm-hmm. you know, I I find Montreal the the way we've been winning games, too, is we've been kind of, like, planting seeds of doubt in teams and letting that just fester. Mm-hmm. You know, with Toronto, as they were up 3-1. They had all the momentum. And then that one game happened. And then they yeah. started to kind of think And then if you think about with, with Winnipeg, too, they were coming in. We just swept the best, uh, you know, two scores in the league. We're going to just stomp out the Canadians. They win that first game. Shifley loses it. It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, no. There, like, what's gonna happen? Same idea. I think that, yeah, the best way the Canadians win is just win the five-on-five battles and let the special teams take care of itself. Yeah. Um. To what enter. role are you
1: playing, Deno? in?
0: that's what I was gonna say. I I would have Deno against the Carlson line. Honestly, I would let the other lines take care of Patra and Stone because realistically, that's two forwards versus three that don't have a yeah. problem. Um. You know, to, uh, Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield have been given defensive roles, which is interesting. Toffoli's a strong defensive player. Suzuki's turning into one. Caulfield is not, that's yeah. not his role, but still, like, if anything, you can put him on, like, Stevenson or Pacioretty even, mm-hmm. you know, the size difference, but whatever. Um, just, just to answer your question of who needs to step up more, uh, it's hard because everyone's playing their best hockey. Um,
1: I can think of a few.
0: Like if there's only one player who yeah. I have a serious issue with, yeah. I, it's it's Josh Anderson. Yeah, I would let, and I I think he's pulling Kodkinami down a bit too because now that he's playing with Cod Kodkinami stopped scoring.
1: Yeah, I I think my opinion on Josh Anderson is, you know, I clearly miss. I I don't want to like you know, like throw the baby out of the bathwater mm-hmm. here. Like I I understand he you know he he has tremendous upside, but I always saw him as a guy who. You know he played well in the regular season. A lot of people were saying, like, you know, it wasn't a great trade or a contract signing. Anyway, at least the length, yeah. uh, based on his regular season performance. I was completely content with his regular season performance. Um, but I think a lot of that was subconsciously contingent on. I had this idea that Josh Anderson was just going to be this insane playoff competitor. Me too. And I, I, think it's because, I had a similar image with Domi, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Domi let me down. And then Anderson let me down. It's kind of strange. Like, you see these guys in the regular season, and, you know, you look at them, and you're like, there's no way this guy will not thrive in the the playoffs. It would be like almost if Brady Kachuk didn't thrive in the playoffs. It's almost like if Brady Kachuk went in the playoffs and just absolutely sucked. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, you're such a physical threat. You're such a hard-nosed player who who skates hard, who back-checks hard, who loves physical play, who will drop the gloves, but for some reason in the most intense hockey you just disappear. Like, I don't understand it. That, that being said, that leads me
0: back to, yeah, I agree with you, I do think
1: he's hurt. Like, yeah, I really do. But it, yeah, I, but I think what's happening with him too now is, like, he knows he his his offense is struggling, so he's doing this thing now where he like, he'll over-back-check, Oh, and, he's, trying to, he's trying to be like, I can do more than just yeah, score. But it's like, we don't need you for that. Especially yeah. with the... You're playing on a line with Paul Byron, okay? Like, yeah. Paul Byron can literally cover that entire line's fuck-ups. Yeah. Okay? But then there's also these these, these holes where, like, he's, he's coming back to the point where his offense is struggling because he kind of wants to mask the fact that he's struggling offensively. So he's, like, over-committing to a back check. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he's not a super, super well-rounded defensive player, so oh, he'll he'll allow defensive these... Defensive issue sometimes. Exactly. And then, like, these few times where he messes up, he really messes up. And, like, we saw that with Winnipeg a few times, and, like, yeah. you know, I, I just don't like what he's doing right now. I, I wish he would just commit to his forecheck. If he's not going to get points, so be it, okay? Yeah. But I just want him to hit hard and get pucks in front of the net and let Kock, and Byron bury, bury them. Don't start changing your game now and trying yeah. to be a back checker, because, like... Honestly, you know, Paul Byron's on that line for a reason. and It's to really cover Kotkaniemi's, you know, young, uh, young player mistakes, which happen in the playoffs. Um, and we've seen him a few times as well as he's playing. Uh, just defensive issues, especially you see with the young guys a lot of time in the neutral zone. They'll make a bad pass. or um, you, know, you saw with Toronto too, if, you know, a bunch of times. But either way, Paul Byron's there for a reason. Don't start taking Paul Byron's role because he's much better than you are Play your hard-nosed hockey, get in get into the offensive zone because all of a sudden, you know, like you said, pulling Kotkin down. I mean, all of a sudden Kotkin Yemi's playing with two guys who are over back checking and he's one man in. Well, and and that's what I was kind of gonna
0: to allude to. Not that look, when you have a winning thing going, you don't change it, obviously. However, if they were to make one lineup change that I would think is a smart idea, I would be really interested to see what happens if Anderson gets put with Lekkonen and Denho and and Gallagher comes to play with Byron and Kotkiniemi because I think, like you said, I think first of all, if, if that's going to be a shutdown role, you can basically have Anderson base, just saying like free range. Like you have two guys who are just playing defense on this role. Yeah. You hit anything that moves and any chance you get, just take off of the ice. Yeah.
1: Like if you're gonna you're saying if if you're gonna if you're gonna change your game to a defensive role, play on the defensive line.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also in that sense of like not he's also, not and he's not also going to have to be the best defensive player on that line. Like there will be guys who are yeah. even better. So like do your best to do it, but also like you're you're also gonna be that guy who you know, you've got Lekanen who basically bangs in every re- 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 rebound. You've got Dano who like it's not to the front of the net but in the slot. You just you need someone to carry the puck on that line. Deno can't carry it, Gallier can't carry it, and Leckin can't. Anderson can. Yeah. So Anderson carrying it in, just putting it on net with the other two crashing down, and then all of them getting back, because at least Anderson has the speed to get back. Yeah. That does work in Montreal's, um, uh, I guess favor, um, from a kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, strategic, but, like, strategically... I know what you're saying, and
1: it, it works. That swap works because... It gives well, Gallagher an opportunity. Yeah, and it, it's also no... It's no uh, secret Gallagher's terrible defensively, but, you know, at least Gallagher's not trying to do that. I mean, like, Gallagher's playing Gallagher's game. I understand what I don't like right now is he's trying to play someone else's game. It looks like he's almost trying to play, like, Philip Denno's game, which is very, very weird. Well, that, that's
0: it. And, and just to, like, continue on with, like, the... The other side of that coin, too, putting Gallagher with Kotkiniemi and Byron, you've now got someone who, you know, obviously Kotkiniemi goes to the net, Byron goes to the net, Gallagher goes to the They all do, but that's kind of the point, is like, which one of them is going to be the one spearing the puck in? You know, they all basically end up, like, on their face, on the ice, every whistle. Yeah. Maybe Byron gets away once in a while, but Byron is probably, of the three of them, the feistiest. That's saying a yeah. lot with Gallagher being on the ice. But I also think that... If, you know, let's say I'm a Vegas team. If I have to now respect Byron's speed, Kotkaniemi's size, and goal scoring, and now I have to think of this third dimension of, like, I've got this, like, rat flying into my goalie, <laughs> it's, like, it's someone's going to screw up, you know? It's, like, the more variables you have flying at you, the harder it is to, like, make a decision. Gallagher's also
1: secretly a quick skater. Yeah. Like, he's, he's actually not bad, slow. So, that's it.
0: Is He's... His, his technique's horrible, but yeah, he, he, gets yeah, he gets it done. he gets it done. So now you have less time, but now it's like, if you're a defenseman, and you're like, okay, puck's coming in from Weber on a one-timer, I've got Gallagher on my left, Kotkami on my right, Byron's cutting behind the net, like... It, it, in it's contrast, really messed up. With the, like, that, that that's hard to defend. In contrast, defend. our fourth line,
1: uh, our fourth line might be the slowest line in hockey. <laughs> they're, they're brutal. They're but, like skating but, through but pudding, but they're a puck possession team. Yeah, they just yeah. keep it below the goal and, line. And to quote the hockey guy, they're skating through pudding. Yeah, they're they're Gretzky <laughs> divided into three players, basically exactly. with a third the talent each. Yeah, and then like at least now in their careers, I mean Stalin and Perry, I would say are like tremendously talented players. But I just mean like in their mid Honestly, to late thirties, peak Stalin and Perry's probably. Still a third of Gretzky, <laughs> probably. But no, they, they they play in Gretzky's office and just play yeah. below the goal line and just better they, than they, anyone I've ever seen. Better, life. honestly, like I, I never thought I'd see a much No, I know it's, it's, like, it's, it's incredible. The puck, the puck, the puck possession and the passing is just insanity. Well, it's like we end up. We're seeing like a wheel. We're like a counterclockwise wheel. Well, just that's shifting and the like,
0: and 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 you end up seeing you know like on on I forget who's playing. I think it's Sportsnet is the main carrier for. The playoffs but you know they have that like how long the shift's been that line ends up just brutalizing the other team's defense wing. you know yeah. you, you see upwards of two minutes sometimes yeah. and it's like that's exactly when they score because like these defensemen have been on for two minutes and you have three guys who are all over six foot three all over 210 pounds they just stick their ass in your face yeah. and just tuck the puck in
1: yeah meanwhile uh you know our, our top line there suzuki to foley Gallagher, Denno, they're all just sniffing ammonia on the bench, getting yeah. ready to jump Honestly. on. These guys are like huffing and puffing at the goal line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Perry's just sticking his ass out, ripping farts. On his <laughs> eye, <the floor. laughs> but he's definitely the type to just stink up the ice yeah. and just make it horrible. And, you know, a lot of players on TSN, not players, a lot of fans on TSN are saying, like, you know, Reeves has his eye on Perry. I'm like, do it. Good. Yeah. Do it. Get all the penalties you want. Honestly. Yeah, because like, you're not well, going to bait him. You're targeting a team now who is on, in, in at least in the last series, has probably one of the best power plays in the league right now. Yeah, well, like we're, we're at
0: four for nine. Yeah, we're at
1: four for nine against, yeah, against a
0: really bad so I didn't know Vegas' special team was this bad. And do you know what that tells me? It tells me their penalty killers take a lot of penalties. Yeah. That's what it shows me. Because if you put a guy like... Because obviously their best penalty killer is Mark Stone. Mark Stone, for sure, yeah. Mark Stone is the best defensive player in the <laughs> NHL, without this a is- doubt. And... <laughs> <laughs> that scares me a little bit, too. Like, he's, he's
1: without a doubt the best defensive player yeah. in the NHL. Like, he's better than Bergeron, he's better than Deno. But a reason to play that, go against what you said, and play that Deno line against that Patch line, is it that all of a sudden... It neutralizes it? It neutralizes it, because all of a sudden, Mark Stone's playing defense against Arturi Lechman. <laughs> and it's like, well, on a good day, you're getting no the, points. Right, <laughs> but it's like... It's it's just
0: it's a problem just because like while he's the best defensive player he's also one of the premier yeah, yeah. offense like, but then Leckanin goes... cancels out his offense right I, Lekhanen, no, I get that. I'm telling you
1: Lekinen will not let this guy score no. impossible <laughs> that guy honestly like just thinking of playing Arturi Lekinen, I could just see myself walking in the tunnel and smashing my stick every <laughs> yeah trip. just
0: because you know you're one you're leaving with bruises like he lifts the had. stick
1: like literally if you let if you if you don't squeeze that stick with all your force it's it's reaching the top of the stadium. Yeah. Like, I, he lifts the stick so aggressively yeah and and the amount of shots he just catches with his skates it's just they drive me absolutely nuts he well, yeah. kicks the puck down all the time <laughs> then when he pins it on the board and just yeah. leads all his weight on the board it's, it's incredible yeah, all 179 pounds yeah. of him but he, he's 179 pounds but he plays he's 250 yeah. it's incredible no it's, it's really it's, it's That's always what pissed me off to it against winnipeg was like the guy hitting logan stanley the hardest was artury Yeah. and like i'd see anderson shy away sometimes yeah. just he, there has to be something wrong it's like that
0: big dog little dog thing you see where the small dogs are like the most aggressive it's but violent. it's not even a, it's not even a compensation like i think it's the like like, Byron knows if he goes into the corner with Stanley and something happens, like, he, Stanley's the one getting the penalty just yeah. based off of, like, they have but, to assume... Yeah. Paul Byron... He I, throws him. He, he yeah. charges every time. He leaves his feet every hit. I was just going to say, Paul <laughs> Byron, I don't think, has thrown a hit where he hasn't left
1: his feet this this
0: postseason. The thing is, though, it's, like, they give it to him because, like,
1: he's, he's trying to hit them in, like, the upper body. And the collateral damage at 175 pounds just isn't very high. No. I mean, like, he's not going to... You know, if, if someone like Josh Anderson did that, I mean, we'd see something like Shifley. Yeah. You know, but, like, um, I just, I need him to hit more, and, like, going against a team that's even bigger than Winnipeg now, like, there's, mm-hmm. like Winnipeg was 197, okay, and then, you know, these guys are, you know, even bigger than that, you know, going up to six, seven pounds larger than that. I mean, we're going to need guys to, to make sure they're uncomfortable, especially defensively, and... All of a sudden, it's going to be a lot more difficult to play that four-check game where we four-check, we pop the puck out of the defenseman, and we get it in front of the net. Uh, it's going to be harder to do that with bigger guys, just naturally. They can yeah. just pin it on the boards, take the hit, and, and get it down the ring around the boards to the wingers. But you know, we're going to need guys like Josh Anderson to really, really pop those pucks out because as strong as our Tori Leckin and Brendan Gallagher and Paul Byron are as four-checkers, they might not carry the mass to pop out of Petrangelo. Like, it just might not happen. I mean, it works with Josh Morrissey. Um, you know, it works with Neil Pionk, but like, it, it's not going to work with, with these guys. No. Um, Another thing we have to worry about, too, is that, you know, with Shea Theodore, like, they got That's a very mobile defenseman. Yeah. Um, who were, you know, I this isn't the series that I want. You know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tampa Bay wins the series against the Islanders. I don't think there's a game left if we make it. Through Vegas and and Tampa Bay, I don't think there's a game left where I want our defense playing anything remotely like offensive hockey. Like I I need them to be stay at home. Like again, I I've said this multiple times on the on the podcast
0: before, and like it's it's I'm gonna say it again. They're a defenseman. Like they're like you you can be a puck moving defenseman, but your your primary goal is still to play defense. Like. This is why you see struggles in the league with guys like for example Quinn Hughes this year. It's like, yes, it's all said and good. Or like look at Victor Mete, it's like it's all said and good that like you're you're providing offense from the back end and you get sixty something winger. points. Yeah. But that's exactly as you're 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 somewhere between a winger and a centerman just from your, your back checking. It's like you just you can't do what is necessary in like especially the playoffs. Like, if I'm going up against a team where like, you know, even look at like Colorado who Two of their six defensemen are under six foot. Um, I'm saying okay. Every time you're out there, you're. I don't care how bad the player is. It could be like uh, Nick Bjugstad for all I care. He's six five, six four. He's going there, and I'm just saying stand there. They're not moving him. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. Like there's there's limits to the human body. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Quinn you're a jury like. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, but seriously, like Quinn Hughes is not moving. Like uh, uh, you know, a best a best example I said for for you know we were joking around but not really on we've seen it before from from Wash uh from Boston back in the day but like you know Chara playing in front of the net at this point in his career on the power play like screening the goalie instead of being the guy at the point make complete yeah, sense yeah they got
1: they got things locked down in Boston a good example with a small defenseman like you were saying with Quinn Hughes is a lot of the time too is to move these guys, they have to overcommit to the hit. And, like, we saw with, with Josh Anderson where he, you know, just couldn't move him out in front of the net, so he ended up just taking a huge cross-checking penalty, and, and Anderson flew into the crossbar. Yeah. And, like, that's what they have to do to move these guys, and then eventually you just draw a penalty. But that being said, with, um, you know, with uh, the puck-moving defenseman like Shea Theodore, you know, that's obviously... He is defensively still good. That's, yes. that's the thing, too, is he's not that, um, you know, all upside offensively, mm-hmm. all downside defensively. He's kind of got, like, a, like a, I'd say, like, a 60-40 split there. Definitely, definitely. But, again, like, I'm just, I'm not worried if our defensemen don't overpinch. Like, I, I see... You know, game three and four, we were joking around with Shea Weber, you know, doing a, little, doing a few moves in the offensive zone. I think that was because... Yeah, cut that shit out, Shay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we saw that realistically because there was something wrong with Winnipeg this, this series. Like, yeah. besides Shifley being out, like, that might have rattled them, like you said, but they weren't, like, they weren't playing with full faculties. They, they, something they were playing
0: on their, their heels, too. They looked so like they-
1: just... Everyone looked bad. Like, That's like it. besides Ehlers, who I like, I think consensus everyone said had a great playoff run. Like even against us, he was the only one really playing hard. Pierre Luc Dubois, complete bust in the playoffs. Yeah. Stats, and he played like shit. Obviously injured. Connor, nothing special. Wheeler, nothing special. All these guys kind of kind of blew it. Josh Morrissey, I mean, he did all he could with like, all the defensive injuries, but um, you know the way Shea Weber played that series. I that that's not going to fly against this defense, no. and it's not going to fly against Tampa Bay's defense, and it would definitely not fly against the New York Islanders' defense. So yeah. I think that's the last we'll see of it. And even when Petrie comes back, play like play restraint how you played with with, with Toronto. Like I, I think that restraint kind of defense, move the puck when you need to, but more of like a Joel Edmondson style of play. Yeah, where more more Ed- Edmondson will move the puck, kind of like Sherratt. Yeah. But Petrie more resembles Edmondson, and, so... And just to just going off of that 60-40, just make it 40-60. Yeah. us it. Yeah. It's as
0: simple as that, just play defense. Yeah, like, Petrie, play that way when we're on the power play. Like, don't yeah, play and, it And just four. overall, just, like, you're a defenseman first. Like, yeah. it's, I just I always go back to it. It's like, if your decision is going to make it impossible for you to defend your own mistake, don't yeah. do
1: it. One thing I am happy about, though, and I think it's going to be, uh, like, a bit nicer to watch uh in terms of my like my cardiac health <laughs> is even though like we do have guys like stone and patch we haven't played a team yet where they don't have a player where they touch the puck and you're like oh fuck yeah you know what i mean like last time it was well it would have been shifley and it was kyle connor and mm-hmm. like and dealers and dealers you know like those guys less so i mean like the super superstars mm-hmm. like you know like dealers i'd put up there with like kind of like a um, new like a Neander but, like, I mean more like the Matthews, where, like, yeah. Matthews touches the puck and, you're like, you honestly just share yourself, well, okay. yeah, this you puck can go to... in and, like, even against Carey Price on his best day, like, the, it's a laser beam. Um, you know, you get that with Kyle Connor too. That guy's just got a release that just doesn't make sense for his size. Same thing with, uh, with Shifley. I mean, he's a bigger guy, but still. Um, but, Vegas just doesn't have that. I mean, like, Pachretti's got a, a wicked shot for sure, but it's not like that Matthews, like, laser. No, beam. it's gonna, it's he knows how to shoot the pucks accurate shot. Just it's not, it's not insane. No, know? exactly. It's, and we, and look, that's the thing, we know all about Pachretti, yeah. So, oh, well, yeah, Price has taken a ton of shots from Pachretti. Yeah, so I, I'm not, yeah, too yeah, weird I mean, with
0: look, that. it works both ways. Patrick's taken a lot of shots on Carey Price, yeah, but so but again, know. everyone
1: knows. Price's weak spot is five hole. Yeah. And they, Price is allowed, allowed one goal in on a five yeah, hole. And you you see all these teams, like, you know, they're joking about it on the bench about how weak Carrie Price's five hole is. Like, do you think this guy's not aware of that? Like, if no, you're no, aware no. of it, he knows. And the, the reason is, is that he plays a wide butterfly. Okay. Yeah. Everyone knows Carrie Price plays a wide butterfly. He's got enormous legs. Yeah. Okay? Let's also,
0: like, not judge Carrie Price. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he, he plays he
1: plays, he plays a half butterfly position standing up. Like, his, 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 his uh, pads are almost on the ground and what that does is it shifts his feet out and it opens up his five hole yeah. okay and he's, like you he's said, well aware of that because he does it okay but now in the postseason he's aware everyone's shooting there especially like you saw matthews almost every shot was yeah. on the ice and low he's allowed one goal five hole yeah
0: and it got tipped, the, got I'll, tipped. I'll just yeah, say like t- like, it was it was Muzzin shot off for, as, yeah as as, as terrible quote-unquote that is He's a 935 with a 1.97, yeah. so not much is going in to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So, so if we'll you think
1: know. Harry Price is the type of goalie to not work on his weaknesses, like, you know, that's not a good bet to have. And, and honestly, every goalie's going to have a weak spot. I mean, like, you can't just be perfect all around. I mean, yeah, like, and if you are, you're not going to be that Slurry's like, blocker sucks. Like, yeah. I, uh, that's where they're definitely going to be shooting, but again, like, he's a type of goalie who will work on that, but mm-hmm. again, like... Um, you know, you're not going to find a goalie, like, the, the closest thing I, I, I could find online to a goalie who basically had all bases covered um, was Vasilevsky, yeah. where, like, there wasn't a specific area that was going in more. That being said, Price has played better than in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I also,
0: guess. like, I just don't see that being a straight, like, obviously it's good to have all your bases covered, I just think it I also... I just a little weaker and everywhere. Like, and that's the other thing, and from a goalie's perspective, where I think it's something you have, like, a third of a second to pick where the, the puck's going, it's like, Now you know you have an equal chance at five spots. Carey Price is doing the stats in his head. He's like, "This is
1: probably going five hole." Yeah. Gazelovsky, like, "All right, where is it going now?" (laughs) You know. And and also, you know, Price has that intangible of like the fact that like he just doesn't have like a sympathetic nervous system. Like he just (laughs) he doesn't get fight or flight. So, for some reason, you know. I look down on myself in the sense that during game seven, like I knew for a fact I was more nervous than he was. I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch there with like my hot dogs and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, my heart rate's like 120. This guy's looking around like he's like sitting on his couch watching the Simpsons. Yeah. And it's like, uh, well, I love his
0: answers when they ask him like about the big game moments. He's like, that's the only reason I play hockey. Yeah. That's that's like a that that's a answer of someone who like skins cats alive. Like yeah. it's crazy. Well the and, difference is is that before those games I have to eat dinner at three PM. Yeah. <laughs> that's the difference. Well how many times have you seen me sitting there, hands folded, and I'm I'm pushing my food away yeah. from me. I can't eat during this. Especially if there's less than five minutes left in a hockey game, I like like I can't sit down. And
1: the, and with knowing the halves, if it's less than a four goal lead with yeah. five minutes left, I'm, I'm standing not up, I'm yeah. walking
0: around like yeah,
1: that's the that's the one thing with it the habs. IBS. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing with the habs I notice a lot is like we have a tendency to give up goals late. Yeah, um, and it, it it leads to a lot of de- like I need a I need like a girthy a girthy uh, margin here to feel comfortable. <laughs> like I, I'm that's not a, com- cool. I'm not comfortable with three goal games. Well, this is it. Look, we're, we're you know. But we I, we're, have to we're we have that, to come to the we have to come yeah. to terms now that all these games are gonna be tight now. I mean, like, well, there's no there's, blowouts no there's no there's no
0: blowouts anymore. And like, if there is, it's like it's a colossal breakdown of a yeah. team. It's not like a oh they had a bad game. Yeah. The big thing here is that like yeah they will all be close. And look, Montreal is currently in on like a high. We're I think second to all time and on pace for one more game to break like the longest playoff streak of like holding a lead. Yeah. It's insane. Well, I don't remember like, that like trailed. Well, that that's it. It's been the second longest all time. That's yeah. why it's it's crazy. We haven't trailed for something like 188 minutes. Are you worried to trail? No, not against this team. No, not at yeah, all. Yeah. Like I, this team is not a like Vegas is not a team that will get a lead and you know shut you out. Like it's it's knowing Vegas in terms of like watching them and also just looking at the stats again, like. They're not a team that particularly harps on their defense. Mm-hmm. They like they they kind of get you know they got Petrangelo because for the longest time they didn't have that defenseman. Shea Theodore is a very good defenseman. He's going to be a you know top tier defenseman. But again, he's twenty five. He's they're they're grooming him to be so, but he's not yeah. even on the first. He's a pair. few years out. Yeah, he'll yeah exactly. He's maybe three four years from his first Vesna. I think he is gonna win a Vesna yeah. one day. But overall, like, it's just I. this is a team that will give up goals. This yeah. is a team that can give up goals. Yeah, and then it
1: drops to Martinez. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a good defenseman, but nothing crazy. I mean, no, exactly. Are, it-
0: and then, it, again, it comes down to just like, what are they used to versus what are they seeing? You play Minnesota and Colorado, it's very similar offensive structure. It's, you've got one line that's going to absolutely burn you. If you're Minnesota, it's the Caprizov line. Mm-hmm. If it's Colorado, it's the McKinnon line. And all of a sudden, you have two teams that are built very similarly, and I don't know if they're ready for us. I don't know if we're ready for them. I think both teams are going to prepare the best they can, but this is again, this is probably a going to be a very low-scoring but very exciting series. I don't see it being overly physical either, and I think there's a lot of guys that cancel each other
1: out. Yeah, I, I going off of that, like I, you know, I I think the first game is going to be in terms of. You know, in terms of series we've seen so far, the first game actually tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, besides the Colorado-Vegas one, um, that, you know, when they played Leonard, that didn't really show how they were going to play at all. But other than that, you look at all these series, and, you know, game one tells you a lot. Like, not in terms of who's going to win, but it tells you in terms of, like, the, what, what the matchups look like. I can almost guarantee you game one of Vegas-Montreal is basically just going to be a crapshoot. I mean, like, we haven't played this team yet. We have no idea how they play, I mean, in terms of actually playing them. They have no idea how we play in terms of actually playing us. So I think it's going to be really a game of feeling each other out. I think game one can really go either way.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's worth saying it's not a very big sample size, nor is it really important, but, like, Vegas hasn't been wildly successful against the Canadians when we do meet up. They have a losing record in their franchise against the canadians yeah the, the only
1: thing i'll say with that though before i finish there is you know we've we've in the last few years at least since vegas has, has come about we've definitely been a weaker team and i think what they do is they that's the, those are the games that they rest flurry they they rest their bigger guys who are dealing with injuries to get ready for those bigger teams coming up so.
0: right fair, but I, i'm saying even like regular season games like they, no, 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 yeah, I was yeah no, like, i'm saying like overall like the the majority of their core is the same as when they start in the entry draft yeah. and 2017 2018 um, they, they, I'm saying they don't you know it's not one of these teams where like we go and just get destroyed every yeah. like this is a team we've had mild success with and I I don't think there's even enough games played for them to even consider that in terms of yeah. a positive or a negative which I think I again it the, the unknown works in our favor because yeah. once again this is uh you know Montreal obviously we have something to lose I hate when they say like Montreal's nothing to lose it's like we have the series to lose yeah but, like, again, the pressure is on Vegas in the sense where this will be, like... They're, they're approaching that point now that we've been talking about since they started where they, they drafted a win-now team, and it's been four years. Like, they've gotten close every single time. But, like, Flurry's aging out, Stone's getting older, Pacioretty's getting older, Petrangelo's getting old like, all... And they, they have no prospect pool. So, yeah, they gave it all they, away. they need to, you know... I mean, they gave us... Well, they... Yeah, they gave us Suzuki... Yeah, they so gave us Tatar, who we'll even see if Tatar gets
1: in the lineup. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, yeah. The last thing I wanted to bring up before we close it out here is how much do you think of an impact of us playing against a full stadium is going to be? Uh, like, we haven't played in one yet. It's it's tough because Vegas,
0: obviously, it's an exciting city and everything. It, I don't know if it's a massive hockey
1: town yet. I think it's popular because it's Vegas. And it's a ve- it's a very, like, a those hockey games there i i've never been full disclosure but it, it's more of like a a venue it's like a show almost it, it's not as it's not like you're going into the bell center with with 21,000 people and it's like you touch the puck you're getting booed to like no end you that's can't it. hear it's, yourself it's a think. hockey game you it's know, more it's... of like there's 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 like there's like intermission shows like that's it's very it, that's hard, it yeah. which
0: also i just want uh take a time very quickly just cuz uh i want to announce this on the Rob and I basically came to the agreement that, and we're going to put it on the podcast too, um, this is going to take years to do, but it's going to be fun to look back on this. Uh, our intention is to go to every single arena oh, yeah. once things open up and watch at least one game, especially with Seattle coming in. As much as like, I don't particularly care to go to Seattle, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of places I don't particularly care yeah. to go to Buffalo, Buffalo. <laughs> um, Detroit, yeah. but I, it's going to be fun because I think, you know, if we can even, you know, get the going it'll be yeah. fun to have the podcast record in a hotel room yeah day, a lot, a lot in of. interviews definitely it's just stuff. gonna be fun overall so i thought like that that's something we decided is gonna be kind of our uh coming out of covid plan yeah it's gonna take years obviously but that just means it forces us to keep podcasting exactly. so um yeah just to go back to what you're saying uh going into the building definitely gonna be different uh, i think it's gonna be
1: weird for guys like caulfield Suzuki. It, it
0: will but at the same time if anything it'll be fun because yeah. they'll be like oh we get fans finally And there's gonna be a lot of montreal fans because like well first of all like uh, th- there's just this weird thing with like warm states like florida and vegas yeah, just- a lot of montrealers have like moved there in their kind of like golden yes. era I-, I have family that's moved there mm. but it's also just like hockey lovers love montreal yeah it's very it's very there's you can like, find them everywhere. It'd be very
1: weird to find like a die hard Golden Knights fan. That's it. Well,
0: they have only been around four years. Yeah. So either you bandwagoned or you really like the jersey. Yeah, like not
1: yet. And my point with that is is, you know, there's obviously Golden Knights fans, but I'm saying there's no fans there's that no you'll culture find like exactly there's like no in,
0: hockey culture. Yeah,
1: like there's no fans you'll find there that will be like like aggressively upset if if the team loses. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Montreal, like you know, I mean, like we want after winning the second round. The city almost erupted in flames. Yeah. Like you know, it's awesome. it's an issue. Obviously, I'm not saying it's a plus, but no, I'm I saying it, it, just... it speaks to definitely the the passion of the so fan. We, base. we go
0: through it every single year, where we say like, if the Canadians are winning, you notice it in the city. Yeah, you genuinely notice
1: it. Yeah, I just don't feel like you get that yet in Vegas. And no. They're I, too young. Hopefully, like, we're transitioning into a into a lower quarantine level here in Montreal, and, and I think that means more people in the Bell Centre. I'm not totally sure. It definitely won't be more than 5,000, but it'll. I think it'll go up a little bit. But, um, you know, it can work, you know, two ways, too. I mean, like, you can have the, you know, in the opposite way. I mean, like, Vegas is so used to playing against so many people. They can come into a stadium that's basically empty and be like, have no drive. I mean, yeah, and like,
0: you know, still have Patrick getting booed.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Flurry. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm just patrick specifically because that, like yeah. they know he doesn't respond well to uh, anything that is in a cheer because yeah. then you, you give that guy one bad piece of news and he goes down. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's anyway, going to be anyway, interesting. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say, like putting our bias aside, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight, but I, I still like Montreal going to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I still like do. it, and if they go to the Stanley Cup. I, I don't see how they lose. No, I mean, no, no. I don't see how they. Like, even with Tampa
1: Bay, I, I don't see. I just I don't see how that fire is not there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I like I said, game one tomorrow night, nine p.m. I I I basically uh, kind of like Winnipeg. I'm I'm writing that game off kind of like a crapshoot. Like I even more than Winnipeg, obviously, because we played Winnipeg all season. But yeah. You know I, I wrote it off because you know we're, we're coming off a very emotionally driven mm-hmm. series and, and against a team that's basically been waiting for us for that long and look how that turned out but I'm just saying game one's gonna be a feeling each other out for sure I mean especially the first two periods like it's gonna be a lot of like I, I've never I haven't played this guy in like over a year um, I, I have no idea how this team works um, so I think it's gonna be a lot of that for game one and then I think game two is when the series really starts
0: yeah. So I mean that works in the Canadian bench because you're essentially scrubbing one of the home games for Vegas. Yeah. Basically.
1: But yeah, so I mean,
0: like everyone buckle down. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Um, but this definitely won't be a sweep. No, there, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, and I just think it's going to be a nail biter every single game. Yeah. So just you know, get your popcorn ready and uh, maybe some Pepto Bismol on the side. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you guys after the uh, in the pregame of game Pre-game one. tomorrow night. Yeah.
1: Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast.
0: You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop@gmail.com at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Habs Puck Drop.
1: We'll see you next time.